0: is up fat Guy forum listeners this is gourmet with a quick note before we get into this week's episode a couple things first i am very excited that this week two new things are happening one this episode features the updated fat Guy forum fat Guy five questions two if you are a member of the patreon the after show starts now so this week going forward will be the brand new Fackeye forum after show exclusive to patreons so if you are not signed up Check out the link in the the notes of this episode. Get yourself signed up so you can get access to that extra content involving the show. I'm excited to finally getting it launched and in your hands. So let's move forward with that. That'll be exciting. And if you're not into Patreon and you still want to support the show, don't forget we have the affiliate links in the show notes for Redmond and Kettle and Fire Broths. If you use either of those codes, that helps support us keeping the show on the air as well. So that's all, my friends. Let's get into it. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I am happy to be with you once again on the show. Here we go, people. Bringing you a new guest this week. His name is Brandon, and I'm just excited that we're connecting and getting to talk and hear kind of the journey he's been on and what he's doing and all that good stuff. But first, let's say howdy, Brandon. How are you doing today? I'm doing good today. Good, man. Good. I'm glad you're here. Let's get into it, man. Tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum?
1: Well, I, I've been a fat guy a long time. Uh, I mean, I, I come into this world as a big boy. I was like over 13 pounds when I was mm. born. So, yeah. So, it, it, it's been just one of those things I've always been big. And um, I probably would say I was at my heaviest in 2015. Um the last known recorded weight then was it was five eighty, and that was just because that was as high as the scales went where I weighed. Um, I had someone say, you know, maybe you know, go to the recycling center and get on their scales, or go to a truck stop and weigh, you know, weigh your truck with you in it, and then get out of it and you know take away the difference. So, but uh, yeah, just always been a, a big guy.
0: Understood, man. So when. When did you, when were you first conscious of being the big guy? Like when did, was it when you were a kid growing up or like, when did, and were you trying to, you know, were you put on diets as a kid? Like, what was that like for you?
1: Um, yeah, uh, so I've got an older brother and a younger brother and I've always been their big brother, but, uh, so I mean, I was very conscientious of my size, uh, and, and definitely, you know, the, the biggest person in my family always and dieting um i would say you know probably around early teenage years i started trying to you know you know not be the 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 chunky one of the bunch and taught i mean if it was a a diet i I tried it and then early on medically uh i actually had a doctor prescribe me uh i think was the Mm -hmm. name of it oh wow and it was yeah basically like legal meth um back then, you know, so um, didn't like the way it made me feel and I thought, well, you know uh, we'll just try something different and um, you know tried playing sports, things like that. Of course, um, that was that was fun. I played football for a little bit in junior high or I guess it would have been elementary, but they had me playing because of my weight against junior high kids. And actually was told to stop playing because they was I was hurting other people's kids just because I, I outsized them. Um, so that was kind of disheartening. Uh, and I quit playing sports, you know, because it was like, well, I'm not trying to hurt people's kids. I like, know I'm just wanting to get some exercise, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. but
0: and what role do you think being the bigger kid played, you know, as as you grew up in like, did it impact you in school? Like, what did you think it affect? You know, how, were you bullied? Did it affect friendships? Like,
1: there there was some bullying that occurred. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time someone called me a fat ass, then I would probably be able to fly out to you, and we could have done this conversation person to person. Um, I I become the funny guy to high you know behind you know it's like kind of like chris farley you know he was big but he was hilarious and you know so it made it okay but then at the same time you know the the uh the emotional side of getting picked on because of size you know um that just becomes part of the emotional eating stuff like that
0: yeah i think and it's something i've talked about on the show with with several people before like when you know i think one of the common paths when you grow up the bigger kid is you learn to make the joke before someone else makes it and right you know and then that just turns into like that kind of personality in general and right you know and in some ways it protects you but then it also kind of I, you know I, I think it, it it also then enables you to kind of stay in that place
1: yeah I, and I, I agree with you um, because then you 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 developed that personality and you know you you kind of have to be the funny guy then um but like you said you know if, if you're taking their joke before they can say it you kind of take the wind out of their sails and you know you, you've saved the moment but then at the same time you're still um uh, kind of humiliating yourself i guess
0: understood and obviously there's a there's still time in between you know kind of leaving school and and getting to your heaviest weight like as you were growing up, you know, as becoming an adult, were you were you trying to lose weight? Was it something that you had come to peace with? Like, where, where, where was your head at? You know, as you were kind of entering into the you know the quote unquote real world. Um, I had you know done okay.
1: You know, I'd get on a little diet, yo-yo back and forth, and you know, you lose some, then you gain double back. It seemed. And I think just i would kind of come to terms with, you know, hey, I'm just going to be big. And then like in 2015, when I was at my heaviest, I had just it, it was like it was it was going to kill me. Um, I had went through a lot of emotional stuff and I. Mm-hmm been working on developing myself professionally so I wasn't really conscientious of my weight necessarily and then I had a bunch of life crap happen and on top of that I had developed like really bad sleep apnea Um, on my sleep study they done I had actually slept 15 minutes in three days so I wasn't sleeping hardly at all and so to, to have any energy to function Uh, I was probably consuming over 20,000 calories a day just to, you know, keep going during the day because my days were super long, and um, the sleep apnea got, you know, very dangerous pretty quickly. Um, One time, my wife found me. I would fell asleep at the top of the steps going up to our room. Um, Another time, I pulled up to a business, and had actually ended up at the wrong business but i was in their parking lot with the truck still in drive my foot on the brake asleep and they were fixing to break out my window because they thought i had overdosed or something and uh, yeah yeah so that that was definitely the wake-up call um that you know i i had to uh do something about the sleep apnea and then i actually ended up having to fight the insurance company to get approval for uh, the machine that i needed so it was just a, a long battle, which is wild
0: um, to be able to have those experiences, and yeah. still have your insurance company being like, "Well, we're, we're not sure," let, right? Let, and let you us know, think about this. And,
1: yeah, and I had, uh, you know, pretty well self-diagnosed myself with sleep apnea because you know people tell you me, you know, we could hear you outside snoring, you know, and then you know I, I could just literally fall asleep anywhere because I was just so tired and I knew I wasn't getting sleep. And then to start to battle the insurance people, that, that was just a real big kick in the gut, but
0: no understood. And what, and and obviously you're, you're giving us kind of a window into what your life was like then. you know, obviously living with living without sleep is, is, is scary enough. Like what? Cause it's, it, it's a, I talked about this a little bit with the, the person I had on the podcast last week, you know, Jordan, he had, was a revisit to the podcast, but it, you know, at his heaviest, he was over 600 pounds. Like when you were at your heaviest weight, like what was life like for you? Like to give, um, give people like a glimpse of, cause I think some people just don't have a, you know, could be a new person listening to the show or just don't have a conception of what it's like, you know, to live, you know, in a 580 pound body. It's,
1: it's pretty miserable. I mean, you, your quality of life just absolutely sucks. And, you don't really know about it and because you're, you're just kind of living life, going through the motions or whatever. But then versus how I feel now, I was miserable. And, you know, I'm not – I'm, I'm kind of honest, like surprised that I lived through it because, I mean, it was bad. I, I had to, like, sleep in a chair. I couldn't lay down flat on my back because I felt like my own body weight was crushing me while I was sleeping um and just everything you know simple tasks um you know crocs instead of tying shoes you know just whatever i could do uh you, you know not being able to wear normal clothes you know, everything had to have a, a stretch band to it um i got real comfortable wearing ball shorts and now it's like i despise you know I, i'm not gonna wear you know i mean I, i'm gonna wear shorts like that if i go to the gym Outside of that, you know, it's it's jeans, it's belt, it's you know, we're tying shoes. Anything I can do to make sure that you know, it's like the separation is there because I didn't like who I was then, and I I love the new me, and it's every day is a little bit better as far as getting to where, in um, the mental side of it, you know, because you're not just alive, you're actually living. And what is your
0: because I, I think that's another another question that comes up for people is, you know, when they hear, you know, what you just said, you know, what do you think it was that brought you to that place, you know, to being that heavy? Like, what's your, you know, especially now kind of starting to move away from that place, you know, being, being removed, several dimensions removed from that place. Like, what is your best insight into what brought Brandon to 580 pounds?
1: I think it was just... A- an, a crazy unhealthy relationship with food because i mean it was my drug and food in general i mean we eat when we're sad we eat when we're happy you know if it's a celebration we're eating you know if it's a funeral you people you know they bring you a dish or whatever so you know food was always there and i grew up just you know around food and it's like you know it was always there and it wasn't like the best quality of food it was kind of like okay you know, we would you know the mcdonald's burgers things like that and uh you know it was my my parents had a very fast-paced lifestyle so it wasn't like you know the most nutritious home-cooked meals it's kind of like drive through grab it and go and then you know the kids are fed and now we go and do the next thing so that and then you know, like I talked about a minute ago, early on, coping with whatever, uh, emotionally eating. You know, it's just not a good way to deal with your problems. But you find comfort in food, and you know, food makes us happy because it tastes good, and that—that that, I guess it's a dopamine release um, that you get from you know just eating, and we have to eat. You know. Um, I I've, I've gave this example before, you know, someone who's addicted to drugs like heroin or something, you know, they're going to get that fix and they don't care what they have to do it, you know, to get it. Um but it's, you know, it's illegal, but I can walk into any store and buy food, but that's my drug, you know, so it's 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 like readily available. And when it's like that, you have an unhealthy relationship with food. Um you know it's it's like the run of the game but you it's there for your taking so i think you know developing a healthy relationship with food um and after i got my cpap machine finally through the insurance people um i started really paying attention portion control you know because i was eating twenty thousand calories a day and i cut that like way back i think i dropped it to Trying to manage and not feel like I was starving myself, and this sounds like crazy now, but I was doing like seven to ten thousand calories, and you know I, I felt like that was a diet, you know, and I was like okay then. Versus what I do now, but so I was doing portion control. I had my sleep apnea machine going, and pretty quickly dropped like a hundred pounds, and you know going say from five eighty to four eighty you know, that felt pretty good. And I was like, well, you know, let's keep this going.
0: And can we talk for a second about getting your sleep apnea machine? Because I, yeah. I think, I don't think people understand the prevalence of sleep apnea. Um, and it's not just amongst heavier people. You know, it, it, can, it can be as a result of a person's weight, but it can, you know, or, but it also can be related to, you know, the physical structure of the inside of your throat. It can be exacerbated sure. by weight. Like there's all these different reasons. So like, I'm not just saying, you know, it only happens to big people, but right.
1: Well, you know, you, know, you, you can have a lazy tongue and it right. falls into your throat while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And, and that can happen to skinny people, or know. you know, no, normal size, whatever normal is considered right. to be anymore. But, but like, so if someone snores after sleep apnea, nearly killing me, if you snore, I would want you to go get a sleep study, you know, and if you have to pay for it out of pocket, it's worth it because having quality sleep, you know, once once your sleep goes, it's just a matter of time before everything else starts falling out of place. So, you know, anybody who hears this, if you snore, if you have trouble sleeping, I would say it's a critical, it needs to be a priority in your life to get that taken care of as soon as possible.
0: Yeah. And that's that's what brings me to what I wanted to talk to you about it is like, so what was it like when you started to get good sleep? Like the first I, night. I, yeah.
1: Like instantly, okay? Like some people they you know, they said, well, "Alright, we'll try this and it might work for you and then you might struggle." I put this thing on. I went and got in my chair cuz you know, I slept in a chair and I slept for 13 and a half hours. Like my wife literally had to check on me cuz she thought I died. And before, you know, I would have to get up like constantly night time. Constantly felt like I had to go pee in the middle of the night. And I didn't really, it was just like my body's waking me up because I had stopped breathing long enough to where your body says, hey, you know, you need to come back. But uh, yeah, I'd slept like 13 and a half hours the first night. And it was, I mean, just instant I took to it. And now I, I wear it religiously. Um, I, I don't nap without it, nothing. I mean, if we go on a vacation, I pack it just like I would pack my toothbrush. Mm.
0: Oh, no, that's... And it and it's always fantastic to hear, you know, when people because it is something that even if there's there's lifestyle changes and and health changes you want to make that make you not need the machine or possibly down the line getting that help is is such it like you you're saying like it can change so many things because oh yeah when a person isn't getting quality sleep that's when you know when it starts to spill over into they feel like they don't have any, you know, they have no energy left to do anything besides just get through the day. So the prospect of like making changes to what they eat or exercise or any of those things feel like it it doesn't just, it just doesn't seem like something they don't want to do. It just feels impossible. Like, so getting actual restful sleep is so powerful. And so like you said, if there's someone out there, you know, who even is, do I have, you know, might I have it? Might I not have, you know, not sure. And you've never had a sleep study done. Talk to your doctor about it. Like getting that done can be really eye opening, and it's and it's not as as it, it doesn't have to be as wild as it, you see it in the movies and things along those lines. Like on TV shows, when you know sometimes it happens in labs, but often t- often now it's a take home thing. You go, p- you know, I the last time I had a sleep study done, I went and picked it up, took it home, wore it, brought it back. Like it can be a very simple thing, but it can lead to some really really powerful changes. And like you said, like you you know, you were you, you got your sleep in line and you started to make some some changes to what you were eating and, and you saw some massive changes start to happen. You know, I think that's that's an experience that a lot of people who get their sleep apnea in line have in terms of even just losing weight that they were holding on to, you know, because of how things were so messed up with their sleep and what that does to the metabolism and everything.
1: Yeah, and a lot of our our bodies, you know, natural healing and fat burning happens while we're sleeping, but it doesn't happen unless you actually hit the realm sleep. I guess is what it's called.
0: Um,
1: so you know, it's just another critical thing um, as far as you know. Even people who are uh, healthy or whatever, um, the recovery. You know, if you have a, a really hard day in the gym okay, you know, you can only have so many <clears throat> recovery meals, supplements, BCAAs, whatever, um, but sleep is going to be optimal as far as recovery, I've found. Um, you know, if you go in and you have a crazy leg day, you know, and you're like, if you can, you know, you're hydrated enough and you're not having crazy leg cramps, get you some good sleep, and then you're, you're going to feel like taking it on the next day, unless you stay up all night snoring and keeping yourself up and
0: yeah, no, I definitely 100% understand and agree with that. And so you you lost 100 pounds. Yeah, and making those changes. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Maintained um, that I you know lost 100 and um, kind of started uh, working towards you know getting lower, um, and then and that's you know I probably did that for. a Couple years, and I know in 2017 um, I'd gotten cellulitis in my right leg, and that was kind of a, a poor circulation thing from having swollen ankles and stuff like that, and edema just from being heavier. And um, but that um, that was kind of like a setback there because I'd I'd gotten into the gym. And was trying to, you know, do the things as far as, you know, daily cardio, things like that. And then with the cellulitis, um, it kind of immobilized me. Uh, They were wanting me to um, basically keep my legs wrapped um, other than to shower. And I was like, you know, I I cannot function in society with my legs wrapped. So I'd come up with the idea that I would try compression stockings and those have really been, um, beneficial even, you know, after dropping, you know, over 200 pounds now, um, I I still wear those every day. Just, and it keeps your legs from feeling tired. I don't have the circulation issues. Um, and the ones I wear have an extra band around the Achilles tendon. So it gives me a little bit more support because being so big for so long, um, I uh, just turned thirty nine back in November, so you know, if if this was the halfway point in my life, I mean, I played a real sloppy first half, you know what I'm saying? And I did. I I don't know that. Uh, I kind of got in my head that like forty is kind of a halfway point. Um, not really. I mean, I I plan to 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 live a while, but um. So you know, you have joint pain, stuff like that, just from carrying the weight for so long. And I've found that the
0: compression stockings, they seem to really help that. Now, I 100% understand that. And, and they are, they can be a game changer, you know, even after, even after a significant weight loss, you know, the, the after, you know, there's still physical effects that happen to the body. And they're, they're one of the things that can really help with circulation with your legs. Like, and they can even be medically prescribed, um, yeah, you yeah. know for sure. So you were maintaining that hundred pounds loss. Uh, you know, when you shared some kind of notes with me, pre-show you, you kind of fast forwarded then to 2021. Yeah. 2021
1: was my rock bottom. That Uh, was, so let's talk about that that was absolutely it. Okay. So 2021, you know, we're 2020, uh, 2021. I finally, finally got struck with COVID and, um, had a very, very hard time with that. Um, being still, you know, medically, like morbidly obese in the medical sense, even though, you know, I'd, I'd lost a good amount of weight, in my opinion. Um, I was hospitalized, and basically they said, you know, you have a 25% chance of walking out of here alive. You know, they did not have high hopes for me. Um, it was not... um not very hopeful I mean it was to the point to where you know I'm leaving goodbye messages to my family and friends on my phone in the hospital and um that I mean just absolutely you know <clears throat> that that was my rock bottom point and um you know just I I hated that you know that my body and I and basically I'd done it to myself but my body wasn't healthy enough to fight this. And I was, I was, you know, I was, I was starting to shut down internally. I was having some kidney issues and I mean, they just, they did not plan on me to to live and uh, just like miraculously a couple of days into it, uh, I was there. Um, I think I was there over a week and suddenly just, you know, I don't know, act of God, miracle, whatever, um, I pulled through and got to come home. And at this time, um, I've got a daughter, and she would have been mm, about four years old. And it was like, you know, I've got my wife, my daughter, you know, I've I've got to get my head right, not only for me, but for them. And I think that was like the switch was flipped. And I said, you know, and I'm, I mean, I don't know, like people are super religious or whatever, but I, I told God, I said, listen, I said, I get home, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm going to live my best life, not only for me, but for them and, and be the husband and be the father that they need and deserve. So that was a, uh, a big thing for me. And, uh, when I got home, uh, I mean, I was super weak. Uh, just for like, I felt like for a month it was just it was like a struggle to shower, you know, things 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 like that, simple things. And then slowly and surely, built my strength back up and got to where I was, you know, functioning in society pretty well again. And then I had um, started doing more of a keto diet and. I did that for a while, um, and and had pretty good luck with it. And I'd got um, into you know counting calories. I got downloaded and bought the MyFitnessPal app, and was really just tracking you know to the T everything I put in my body, and you know instantly, you know I'm I'm being accountable for everything that I'm doing. And everything is purposeful because you know I'm still in the mentality of hey you know I've got this second chance let's not screw it up so you know I'm I'm just really you know like mm, uh, laser focused in what's yeah. going on and you
0: and- don't you don't wish that on anyone but it is the reality is when you when you face your merte- you know because it you know and let's let's be honest like you said you knew it at 580 pounds that if you didn't do something, you were going to die. Like, it's not like we're unaware, but when it comes from someone, you know, when you actually have a medical emergency and and you face that, you know, when the doctor says you have a 25% chance of living, or we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we still don't know what's going to happen. Like there, there is something, there's something about having that kind of moment. And like I said, you don't wish it on anyone else. You know, you don't want everyone to go through that, but it is an opportunity you know to springboard from it and to to give yourself that chance to say i at the very least know that i don't want to die so i need to do something
1: yeah it was like it was like somebody grabbing you by the shoulders looking you in in into your soul into your eyes you know and telling you look if you don't fix this right now there's not going to be too many tomorrows left and it was you know, having a medical professional tell you, you know, we don't know that you're going to leave here on your own capacity.
0: Uh, It was, it was a wake up call for sure. And one of the other things too, that I think is really interesting, you know, that you bring up, you know, when you were getting into actually starting to track what you were eating and was that one of the first times that you really had kind of been in your life, like that you were recording what you were eating. So you were seeing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was, that was it. And it was like, you know, um when you when you set up your my fitness pal account it kind of gives you the parameters you know if you're trying to lose so much a week or whatever and i'm i'm getting like it, it allowed me like i think 3,500 calories and i'm thinking you know oh, i'm gonna starve to death and then you know gym and the food that i was eating had shifted to being more beneficial to actually what my body needed, I guess, instead of just um, running off uh, carb energy, I was more, you know, the fats and the proteins. So I noticed, you know, hey, I'm not feeling, you know, hungry. I still had this urge to snack a lot, uh, especially late evenings. You know, you get to watch a TV and you're like, I'm going to go get me a bag of chips. And then you know, you scan the barcode on the bag of chips, and you're like, holy crap, you know, this will blow my whole day, this one bag of chips. And before, the mindless, munching, whatever, um, it was just kind of like, you know, if it's there, you're going to eat it. But when you're, when you're eating for purpose, uh, instead of just eating to be eating, it, it definitely changes, you know, how you feel about food. And, and that's how I, I think I first started developing the, the healthier relationship with food. Instead of it being just something you do, um, it was more on the lines of, you know, we're going we're gonna to put this in to get this out as far as like fueling the body purposely.
0: That makes complete sense. And there's something what I like hearing in there too, because I, I think sometimes too, when when people start following a certain way of eating, you know, whether it's keto, carnivore, vegan, you know, weight wash, whatever it is. Um, a lot of what you hear people talking about is I started eating this way and I never felt hungry again. I All of my bad habits immediately went away. You know, like it, it's, they, they want people to think that something is like a magical cure. And I, I love that you you brought up, yes, you were starting to realize that you weren't as hungry, but there was still some of that, that habitual, you know, those habitual cravings were still there because just changing what you're eating doesn't change everything you know it's right. a, it's, it, you, it, it's it's much a, it's a much bigger project than that yeah it's it,
1: there's a a lot of mental side to to that other than just you know tracking calories tracking macros you know if you, if your head's not right then you know that's and i think that's why people fail they'll do it for a little bit and then the old ways come back you know you get Uh, you know, invited to a family function or a party or something like that, and then there's food there that you can't track because you didn't make it, you didn't weigh it, you have no idea what you're eating, and you're like, okay, well, I can do this, and I'll be fine. And then, so, you know, it's like you get that that taste, and then it's like, well, okay, well, I'm going to eat this way today, and then I'll get back on it tomorrow. And then the next day you get up and you're like hmm you know do i make these eggs or do i have a pancake with syrup and whatever and you're like okay well you know one pancake won't hurt me and before you know it you've blowed your whole whatever progress and you're back into the old way so you know i mean i'm not saying that i don't fail at times now but it's a lot less and Um, and I think, you know, and people will get, they're like, well, it's just too hard. And, you know, they give up, but you have to have that discipline about you that if you do fail that day or that meal, you know, tomorrow, you know, don't wait till Monday to start back, you know, tomorrow, the next meal, whatever it is, that needs to be the, uh, the starting point right Mm -hmm. back at it. You know,
0: look, it goes back to that saying, that the most important choice we always we, we have to make is always the next one. Like and and you're right, because I think that the thing that people want to do is convince people that making change and losing weight and getting healthy is easy. So it seems more accessible. But I think it's more realistic to tell people that it's hard. It can be really hard, but it's worth it. You know, it, it's an effort. It, it can take an effort. It can take work. It can take, you know, pumping your fist in the sky or crying yourself to sleep some nights as hard as it can be. But that doesn't mean that it's not worth that hard effort. And it also doesn't mean that it's not possible. Like, hard things can be possible, and most people can do hard things. All people can do. We all do hard things all the time. It's just, yeah, I can do hard make,
1: things. I can do hard things.
0: Right. Like, it, it's, but it's getting that perspective because, like, you'll look at, like, it's when you if you have a discussion with someone who is like incredibly successful in every area of their life except their health and you know and they've they struggled with their weight for years and they've never stuck to a plant you know like they've been in that place and they say you know they, they can get very stuck in that place of well, I can't do it, it's too hard you know and, and those are the people that when I have conversations with someone who's like that I'm like, look at all the other hard things that you've done the hard, the really hard things you've done in your life. you can do hard things. Like it's, it's not that it's not possible. It might just mean that the answer isn't as black and white or as simple seeming as someone trying to sell you a product is going to make it seem like realize that, you know, hard work is hard work. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut off.
1: And there's, there's not going to be a a magic pill that you're going to take. I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to put in the effort and it's going to be hard and it's going to suck. And I mean, it's, it's going to be challenging, Mm -hmm. but you, you know, anything in life that you're going to have, it's, you're going to have to work for it. And it's, you know, if it was easy, then we wouldn't have this problem.
0: 100%. And you're, you know, talking about your relationship with food and the way you're eating, like you, you said that that has, you know, you, you, you started kind of trying with, you know, in the keto space and, you know, it evolved from there. Like where did, you know, so you started with trying out kind of eating a keto diet and you were tracking everything. Like where did things go from there for you?
1: Okay, so I found you know, that I was seeing good results with that. But as far as I believe my gut health, I was not seeing good results. So I stayed bloated and I kind of felt like, I don't know, just kind of icky inside. And I'm not really sure as far as what it was. But I then um, had kind of stumbled upon trying to do more of a carnivore animal based diet and i had eliminated a majority of plants and vegetables um as far as fruits and vegetables and found that my most optimal feeling of health is when i'm eating mainly a a carnivore style diet and when i started that that is another it was like like hitting the turbo i mean it was just like it really ramped things up um my i I felt better um i felt like i like i had more energy and i had gotten to where i mainly would eat one meal a day um kind of fast um fasting probably 10 to 12 hours a day eat and then fasting again so that seemed to be just like my sweet spot for my body and that doesn't work for everybody and somebody might do keto and it works fine for them but i don't have the uh the gut bloat and stuff like that like i was having um so i feel more comfortable in my own skin i guess
0: and where are you at weight-wise now? Just to give people a picture of kind of like because you you alluded to it a few minutes ago when you said how much you've lost, but just to give people a, a picture. Yeah,
1: you know, today we are down approximately two hundred twenty-three pounds, um, so that puts me right around the three hundred fifty mark, and so coming from the known. 580 and I'm not sure that that was actually as high as I ever got that was just as high as I was ever to weigh anywhere um I I mean I feel like a different different man altogether I've got the energy to chase the kid around the yard and you know I mean I feel I feel great uh I don't feel you know I told you a minute ago I turned 39 I feel better than I did in my 20s for sure and it's 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 basically like I've got a new
0: lease on life. Which is is awesome to hear. And there's probably also someone out there listening who's like, how does he feel amazing at, at 350 pounds? And it's like, well, when you were 580 pounds and you've made all these changes and you've made these changes, you've done these things to kind of bring your body, you know, not just work on like your mental relationship with food, but made real physical changes. You know, getting your sleep in line, getting more physically active, fueling your body the way that your body thrives, that can do some incredible things for a person regardless of at what point they're at in, in the, their journey.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, when, when you've been as heavy as you and I both have, and you get, you know, basically like half your body weight is gone, uh, you know, it, yeah, I, I could see where it would be. So how do you feel so good at that high of a weight? But I've been so much higher. So um, with the way I feel now, I mean, the mentality, I feel unstoppable. And I mean, my endurance is high. My my gym time, you know, if if I didn't have to go and work, then it would be easy just to spend hours at the gym. Or, I mean, any anything endurance wise, wink wink nudge nudge. Um, there there are, there are no problems now at this weight. So, um, like I said, it's just a it's an amazing feeling yeah. to
0: feel this good. No, that's awesome, man. And what are Do you have goal like? Do you have clear goals for where you want to go from where you're at right now, or are you happy where you're at? Like, take us into that.
1: Yeah. um, So I, I am, I'm, I'm not done. Um, I'm going to keep going. I don't have a magic scale number that you know this is where I'm going to stop at. Um, But I'm, I'm, I guess based on the way I feel, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. But I want to see me do more and achieve more and be able to live more life, Uh, you know, get on an airplane and fly comfortably. Yeah, so something as simple as just getting on an airplane, being able to fly and, you know, travel comfortably, go and live life more. Uh, I know these, you know, things like that, that might sound simple to some people, but when you've been so big, you know you lose a lot of actually getting to live life, and so I'm going to be playing catch up. Going to continue to, um, you know, get more healthy, um, and I would say the mental side of things is I'm in a good spot now. So um, it's it I've taught myself basically to have that healthy relationship with the food, and. I just don't feel like it's it's that big of an issue anymore. Uh, but it, it's not something that you do overnight. Like I said, there's no magic pill you're going to take. You're not going to go to the doctor and, you know, get any type of long-term fix. Um, you know, they're not going to give you a prescription and it's going to change things. You know, a lot of it's, it's going to have to be a mental side to
0: it. Oh, 100% it is, man. And I, I, you hit on something big, which is, you know, just the fact that I, I I like when someone talks about their goals and they don't, you know, and there are times where we have goals on the scale and that can be important and, you know, be powerful for someone. But I also think when you start to kind of get things really grooving well, you know, it becomes less about what does the actual scale say, but what are the things I want to accomplish? What are the things I want to have access to the things I want to be able to do? Like, those are the, those are the goals that really are about long-term, you know, and, maintaining a weight range can be something that's important for someone but I think it also can be important to pay a lot of attention to quality of life and physical capability and those things that can go away really fast if we start to not pay attention to those yeah sure
1: it, it sure can I mean you you will you will lose your life slowly
0: if you know by letting yourself slip yeah. so and so what Brandon what are what are the things that challenge you now? Like, what are the big things that you feel like you're working on now?
1: Um, I think just something that's big to me is just getting back after, you know, being so big for so long. I missed out on so much. So I, you know, and am kind of playing catch up with that. And I th- something that's... Um, kind of I don't know if it's it's big but it's it's confusing is my diet and lifestyle you know if you go to a family function and you bring your own food people kind of will get you funny so that's kind of challenging um, but the way I cook my food or something like that uh, this just this is the way I choose to do it and I uh, I just feel that it works best if I stay on track that way um, I don't um, it's not that I don't trust their cooking. It's just I know what's in mine because I, I counted it myself. You know.
0: No, understood. And do you get like? Because obviously, you know, I'm I'm personally in the keto space, so I've gone through that. Yeah. You know, answering questions for people and everything. Like, do you right. get people asking? You know, do you get you know the concern questions, or do you get people not really understanding the food choices that you're making?
1: both uh you know when i tell them that i cook with butter and they're like oh my god you know you're gonna die you know or um you know don't you worry about your cholesterol with all the red meat you eat and stuff like that and uh you know i i know the way i felt when i ate like fried food versus grilled or baked and i i can tell by my own body that i'm i'm putting in what it wants. I do, um, maintain a relationship with my doctor as far as checking my numbers, uh, running blood labs, things like that. Um, it's been pretty confusing to them too, to see the amount of weight that I've lost and, and how, you know, I don't have sugar issues, things like that, because, you know, in their world, I'm still morbidly obese, but, um, coming from where we were to where we are now where we're going um it doesn't fit their medical envelope of you know we're checking these boxes and you know you're going to leave with a prescription for you know your diabetes or something like that so um not on blood pressure medicines anymore don't have any issues with blood sugar uh cholesterol is not an issue so it's it's kind of bum buzzling to them when I come in there and I tell them what I'm doing to lose weight because they're curious, you know, how are you doing this on your own? Um, and I, I mean, I've, I've had people that get really concerned when they hear what I eat. I've had people thought, you know, I've had someone ask if I, you know, had cancer, if I was sick because they hadn't seen me in a while. And, you know, you tell them what you're doing and it's like, oh, uh, that just doesn't sound healthy. And they're like, well, you know, it, it doesn't fit... The food pyramid that you know they teach and stuff like that, so it, they don't understand it. But
0: oh yeah, no, I mean it, I a hundred percent relate to that. When I was hospitalized in 2017, and I think around the time I was hospitalized, I was down like 150 pounds already. But none of those people knew me when I was 150 pounds heavier. Right. So they were just looking at me that day, that moment in that hospital bed on oxygen, and making all kinds of assumptions. Like, have you thought about trying to lose weight? Well, so I, I, you know, and I've told this story on the podcast before, I eventually made my before picture my phone background. So I could just hold up my phone and be like, this was me, you know, in February of this year. This is where I'm at today. No, you know, (laughs) they, I mean, they would make assumptions like, how much oxygen do you use at home right now? you know, what medicines are you on? Like what? And I'm like, nothing, like none of those things. And eventually, and the the funnier part for me was that word eventually spread that I had lost the weight and that I had done it with keto. So then nurses who weren't on my wing, but had heard that there was someone who knew things about keto in the hospital. And I was, I was there for almost a month. Um, they would come in and ask questions and you know, where did you learn about it? And where did you get information? And, I'm thinking about doing that. What if I do this? And I'm like, okay, you know, this is fun. <laughs> um, like, but so it can, it can also lead to some, you know, long story short, it, it can also lead to some great discussions, you know, to help people understand where you're, you know, and, and I think you, you made a great point, And that's that you, you're finding what works for your body. And someone else doesn't necessarily have to understand that or even agree with it, as long as it's something that you know, is the right thing for you
1: yeah i agree with you um you know if if what if, if it works and you know you're you're healthier getting healthy then you know why why not stick with it i mean um, they're i don't know it's it would seem just more dangerous to keep doing what you're doing in a sense so why not just you know if you if you know it's working for you, you could be doing it
0: well, and I also think like when, you, when you're when you keto carnivore or in one of those kind of spaces, people who said nothing when you were going back for the fifth or sixth, sixth slice of pizza at a family party, now all of a sudden know more than you do about what you should be doing and want to talk about it, you know, like that. And it doesn't have to just be family. It can be friends or random people or people you work with or whatever. But, you know, someone who never would have said something before now has an opinion and I think it's also because when you when you are open and talk about your weight loss and things along those lines, you open yourselves up to those conversations. Like it's almost like you're telling people you'll talk about it. So I understand where that comes from. But it also sometimes it's like, okay, you know, you if you didn't want to have this conversation before, do we need to have this now? Like I get it. You don't you don't agree with me, you don't have to. I'm okay with that. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's like like just like you said, you know, why why show concern now? Um, when you, you know, you wouldn't, you know, when I was going for that other slice of pizza or the other piece of cake, you know, did you just sit back and glare at me and think, you know, good God, he's going to eat another piece of cake or whatever, you know, versus now well I show up and I've, I've brought my own food and, you know, everybody else is sitting around gorging and I'm eating this. And then, you know, it I, you, I'm sure you still get talked about and, uh. But it's okay, and I'm I'm definitely glad to talk to people about what I'm doing, and it might be, um, you know, maybe help influence them, and that's that's the whole reason uh, I even started my Instagram account was to be inspirational to others in a sense that, you know, yes, you can do it. You have to figure out your why and your how, and along the way, those kind of merge and you figure out what works for you. And it it doesn't have to be overnight. I mean, you just have to put one foot in front of the other and keep trying to make upward and forward progress daily and you will get there. But, you know, it's, I've got some accountability to myself, you know, to, to post and stuff like that. And, you know, I use it for myself, but a lot of it has been that I feel compelled to be the person, you know, in that person's corner when they might feel alone in their journey.
0: Which is awesome. And so let's talk about that. Like if someone does want, you know, either want you, want you in their corner or wants to follow along with what's going on with you man, where, where is, what is your Instagram account? Where can they find you?
1: Uh, that's uh, at big brand underscore no more.
0: Definitely. And I Probably will put,
1: not. I believe that's right.
0: And I'll put a, I'll put a correct link in the show notes for the episode as well uh so people can just it. click on through right there to get it man well Brandon, follow I, I, along and... yeah well i was just going to say like i i really enjoyed you know our opportunity to talk today and you sharing your story man like what i before we hit the wrap up questions you know is there you know is there a message you want to give to that person who is sitting out there feeling the way that you felt when you when you were first getting started you know Kind of in that place of, you know, whether whether they have sleep apnea or not, you know, just kind of in that place of feeling like they're just existing in life, and they're not moving forward. Like, what is the message you'd want to send to those people?
1: That's that's a that's a hard one. Um, Probably that I don't know that there's so much more to living life other than just being alive, and if you know. you you can make a small change to better your life, even if you're just doing it simply for yourself. um, It's worth it. And, you know, you can really take back a hold of your own life instead of just living on autopilot and basically just waiting to die. Mm. I mean, just uh, don't, you know, this whole community that we're part of, we're all here uh, and we've all been there and you know, we're here to help anybody. Uh, I'm sure, you know, people all the time will DM you just like they do me. Hey, you know, how do I, how do I get started? And we, you know, I would think in the community, we're all here to help each other. And so, you know, reach out to somebody and, you know, get started on getting your life
0: back. I I think that's really well said, Manic that, that is it. And I, and I don't think it's overly dramatic to say that someone might be sitting out there waiting to die. You know, I think I I personally can relate to what that is like when you feel like you're in that place that there's nothing you can do and there's nothing you have control over. It can feel that way sometimes. And hearing, you know, someone who felt that way say you, you can make change and it is possible um, is powerful. So I, I appreciate you coming on the show and talking about that today. Absolutely. So, man, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Let's let's get it started at the Fat Guy Five. Okay, here we go, man. Question number one, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Chris Farley. There we go. Question number two, man, what is something about yourself that you love?
1: Mm, I'm still okay being the funny guy.
0: I like it, man. Question number three on this journey that you've been on, Brandon, what is the most important new habit you feel you've developed?
1: Important new habit. Probably if nothing else, just getting out for a walk every day. It's kind of like some me time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, get out and you know, you don't feel like Walking is going to kill you, so you know you go out and do it. And if nothing else, you know maybe chase the kid around the yard, take her for a walk, go ride her bike with her, something like that. Uh, I love that freedom that I have now.
0: That's awesome, and I love it. Question number four, Brandon: What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related?
1: Um, well, kind of, but not health, fitness related. Uh, In my process of feeling like I'm living life again, I actually started another business, and I wanted like to see that business grow. Uh, uh, And having the ability to go and do the business is kind of like, uh, I feel like I'm in charge of helping make that business grow. So I'd, I'd like to see
0: that business really take off this year. Nice. I like it, man. And question number five, Brandon, last question for you today. So we talked a little bit about the message you would send to people who are out there right now. Um, who felt like you did in the beginning, like if you could go back and talk to yourself when you were 580 pounds, what is a message you would give to yourself? Um, I just,
1: I wish I would have started sooner. Um, I wish that I would have fought harder for me and just really, took control earlier instead of being at this age and just now starting to live again. Mm-hmm.
0: Understood. Well, Brandon, thank you for going through those questions and everything that we've talked about today. I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Absolutely. It's been good. Awesome, man.
0: So everyone, like I said, Brandon's contact information will be in the show notes today. You can also of course, find me on Instagram as well at Gourmet Goes Keto on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Then my friends, remember, connect with Brandon, then go on out there and do something today to amaze yourself because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here next time on the Fat Guy Forum. And I totally forgot to say that Brandon's coming over to the the Patreon after show. So if you're not a Patreon, you're going to miss a few more minutes talking with him. So get get involved with that too. And then catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.